podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the weekly, it's the Blue Room, it's me, Dave, it's Pete, and it's Les. And uh, it's the it's the first one we've had post-match from Everton's first game against Fulham on Saturday, which is obviously, we all know, one nil defeat at home, which is, um, I think, knocked most of us down, given the, well, to a certain extent, given the performance that we had against Fulham. Um, the way in which the team lined up, the way in which Sean Dice used the players that he had on the bench. Um, I want to come to you first on on this, Les? Because uh, I was the pair of you actually. It's a good it's a good podcast to have because you guys didn't do the post match with us, did you? So firstly, want to get your thoughts on that game. Um, how how did you find it, Les? Did you did you did you look at it and think, well, we badly need that many more players that this couldn't possibly end up as a decent game? Because um, that's the feeling I got when I fit every time this happens every year, most years, I look at games like that and I think they just haven't got enough here, so I'm not expecting us to get a result. Did you get that feeling when you saw the team being um, announced and when it came out? It wasn't the most inspiring lineup, was it? But there wasn't really much else it could have been. Um, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if Dan Juma was like had a slight injury, so we could only start from the bench, but then they really understand that. Um, if that was the case, I don't know if Calvert Lewin was available at all. Um, I it just I don't know. It 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 was going into that game. We I think we pretty much knew the starting lineup was going to be something like that. I know we sort of said in the week it'd be nice to see Brantwaite in there. Um, but again, he, he probably wouldn't have made too much difference to that game. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was. You no, know, it, it's hard to be too down about it. it it's frustrating because. You know, it's a bit like the Chelsea game last year. That that's a game we, we should be looking at winning at home, especially yeah. opening season. You know, that's a nice game to, to sort of go into the season with sort of upper mid table team like Fulham at home, three o'clock, Saturday, perfect. But there was just there was just that missing thing, wasn't there, from the team. I think I don't know, the 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 ground felt a bit flat, maybe. The atmosphere wasn't brilliant for an opening day. Um and yeah, and that, that could come down to just the, the pervading feeling around the club. I mean, I don't know if you saw that um that thing that was knocking around on Twitter about the, the sort of satisfaction with how your club's being run. I think Everton was a massive eight percent. I would love to know who that eight percent was because we haven't um, even got I'd like to know the eight percent and I prefer that yeah. we ain't, we ain't going to any games. <laughs> um but yeah, I think I think there is just just that there was nothing in that squad was there to think, oh yeah, here we go, we've got a chance here. Um but, you know, having said that, it, it, it's hard to be too down about it because I thought we played all right. We created a lot of chances. We just couldn't finish them. Now, that's better than going in, like, the game against Fulham last season where I think we created about two or three good chances before our time and then got walloped in the second half. Um, I think there was enough there to build on, um, you know, with the right the right players coming in. You know, Jack Harrison mm. spoke to a couple of um, Leeds fans about him. Um, Sounds like he'd be a really good addition. Works hard, um, decent player, good shot, good final ball on him. Sounds like he's you know the sort of the sort of player we can get behind. Obviously, we're not going to see him until until September. Um, but yeah, it, I think it was it was frustration more than anything. That it, you know it was a very winnable game that, and you know it looks like we're going to go down the same road as we did last August, which was almost catastrophic come May in the fact that we're going to leave all the business till late on now. When three or four games will have passed, so it's it, I'm I'm really mixed about it. It was it was disappointing to get beat. Disappointing we didn't get anything out of the game, 
I can't be too disheartened because the performance wasn't that bad. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that side of it. It's it's hard to it's hard to define what your thoughts are from that sort of game because you like the caveat that's always in your mind is that it's an opening day of season game. It, people are generally going to start rusty, um, regardless of how much preseason you do, regardless of how much physical training you do. It's still it's still a different game. It's still different than what you've had for three months, isn't it? Um, mm. And and now I think people were looking at it, and I certainly was anyway. What Les has referred to there in terms of creating chances, the stat that I looked at on you know the, one of those after stats about like um, the percentages they put up in the amount of chances you create in a game, apparently. And this isn't verbatim, but apparently we um, created as much twenty point whatever you know the XG stuff. Um, it was like two point nine three, and that apparently that is the most uh, chances, the, the highest of that um, that piece of information, the highest that it's been in a player in, in a team that hasn't scored the goal in um, in like last the whole of last season. I think it was now. It was that, my stat, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, it was Matt cheating. Yeah. Yeah, I need to give him credit. That's what, last yeah, was, yeah, that no. um, have I said that right there, Les? What that actually yeah, was. Yeah, so no one had, I think the XG is, I think you're right, about 2.93, something like that. And no one had an XG that high without scoring for the whole of last season. <laughs> but, no, I mean, in one way, it highlights what we all already know. And the thing for me is that should be kicking the club's arse into just doing something this week before Villa. As, as Tyrone Mings, did he get injured on Sunday? He did, didn't he? Yeah, it was a really, really serious injury, wasn't it, away at Newcastle? Down at the back, but, you know, lucky for them, we've got no forwards, so it probably doesn't matter. <laughs> um, it's annoying, isn't it? It's like, you know, Villa, this could, if, if they're a bit short at the back, that's a game we think, do you know what? Be Villa go 10th, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they seem to be the team to always refer that to, don't they? I mean, the, the thing is, Peter, what, what Les has said there, and what I've just what we've just both spoken about in terms of chances created... Um, again, it's something that's sort of twofold, isn't it? I mean, you look at it and think, fucking hell, we've got nobody who creates chances. We know about the, the striker issue and all that. Um, but then to create chances but not score them, does that feel to you like it's a, it's a positive step? Or does it feel more frustrating that we can't fucking put them in? Oh, it's absolutely positive. Um, a positive thing for me. I mean, when you look back to last season... Um, I mean, I don't go in for all that XG, all that sort of stuff. It's not my not my bag, to be honest with you. But, you know, I'm sure there's something in it. But, yeah, looking back to next season, the amount of times that we went into games and weren't creating any kind of chances, um, certainly towards, you know, when things really got bad, we were going into games and, and, and creating one or two chances at best. I, I thought on, on Saturday, it was a marked improvement from us. Um, the most frustrating thing as well, is a full scored at a time when I felt that we were at our most threatening as well. Dan Juniour had just come on, and like like Les says, the the crowd was a little bit up and down on Saturday. I actually felt the crowd was probably at its peak just before Fulham scored. Um, but yeah. it's the hope it's the hope that kills you. So it's um yeah. it was just it was the timing of the goal as much as anything else because I just felt that if it, you know that that pressure that we were putting on them, we bought brought Dan Juniour on to hopefully finish them off. You know we we've been banging at the door for so long. We had that ridiculous decision in the first half to disallow the Michael Keane goal. Um, and then we'd hit the hit the bar with Patterson. Um, Tarkovsky put his, uh, had that header as well. I mean, the chances that we were creating as well, that's not talking about, not before we talk about me, Neil Lopai. The chances that we create and we're just like little half chances. These are really good chances. Decore mm-hmm. going through one-on-one. 
you know, these these are really, really good chances. And and I look at it and think, well, obviously I'm disappointed and disheartened that we didn't have anyone who could put the ball in the back of the net. But at the same time, I'm looking at it thinking, if we can get that business done, if we can bring someone through, if we can get Stan Juma fit, if, if we can somehow get Dom fit, it, it gave me a lot of optimism. It sounds like a really strange thing to go, you know, come out to the first mm-hmm. game of the season, have them been beat at home. But actually, it kind of gave me a bit more optimism because what 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 I didn't want to see was going into that game was coming out of it thinking, oh my, we look so flat, we look so yeah. stale. The players look like they didn't have a clue. We didn't look organised. I actually did think that we looked very well organised. I thought that we created so many chances. And at the end of the day, you know that that it's it's the key in football, as we all know, is to score goals. Um, so hopefully, either the players that we've got in the squad who are, who've got that ability can get themselves fit or we can bring in some reinforcements. Another thing as well is that if you're a, if you're trying to attempt a striker to come to Everton, if you show them all them chances that were that, that were there on a plate for them on Saturday, just, there'll be a few licking the lips thinking, yeah, go on, I'll have a little bit of that. I think that's been, that, sorry, that's been like the surprising thing that for me, I think, since Dice has been in, that our, our chances created, it's gone right up on it. It's like, you know, we're looking like a team who's trying to score. We've just got no one to stick it away, which I thought it'd be the other way around. I thought would be dead defensive and just like, you know, really snap. But well, basically play like Fulham did at the weekend, which isn't you know nothing disparaging to them because that's like a perfect away display. Yeah. Um, but I thought we'd be more like that. But you know, we've we've kind of gone for it. And we we are creating a lot of chances since he's been there. So um, again, just reaffirms the need to get a freaking striker, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. The, the one of the big things we spoke about in the post match that I'm keen to get your thoughts for lads is the. The midfield setup. It, obviously, we've spoken a little bit about the, the general setup that he's put in there with Dan Juma not starting when I think most Evertonians, even all Evertonians, would want him to start and give everyone a boost on the, on the opening day. If you do something like that, the, one of the very few players that we've signed is going to be uh, playing a game, first game at home. That gives everyone a kick up the backside, doesn't it? But with the, the midfield area, um, before I ask you how you think they played, because I think I've got a I've got an opinion on that that's probably quite different to everybody else, but um, what did you make of the way the midfield set up there? Um, because the interesting chat that I had about this, or the one that sticked at the top of my mind, was James Garner, who I think uh, he's built, and we have, perhaps we haven't seen the full best of him, but certainly in the stages that he did play, I know he had a few injuries last season. He's In my mind, I think he's one of our best players uh, midfield-wise. I think he's almost a victim of his own success in that he can play in a variety of areas. Because you think about that Bournemouth game and we played him right back. <laughs> he's probably man of the match playing at right back, wasn't he? Where he was started by Dyche seemed to be just in front of, of our right back. Do you know, He kept on leaning out to the right-hand side, um, which obviously wasn't the, the peak part of his game. That's what he's, he obviously used to do a job there, but... You look at a player like that and you desperately want him inside the midfield. So the first thing I put on Twitter after the game is I thought he was head and shoulders above everyone else. And so many replied to me saying, nah, he's shite, lads. You, you need to sort your head out. He's not any good at all. T- typical Everton-style arguments. Like, but um, with you first, Les, aside from talking about him first, but midfield-wise, what did you make of that setup? Um. I thought it, it was what I expected, to be honest. I didn't expect Garner to be out wide, I don't think. Um, I'm trying to work out what I thought it would have been, actually. I don't know. It didn't It didn't really... It, I thought Onana was in and out of the game, very, very patchy. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know, was hoping for a bit more from him. I thought like, you know, last season I could I could expect that. Uh, you know, first first sort of six months mm. of the club and in England. But I was I was hoping for a bit more yesterday, especially, you know, against Fulham, as I said, like an upper mid table team, not really pulling up any trees. Could have been a game, should have been a game he was looking to dominate really in that midfield. Yeah. Um, I thought Garner was wasted out wide. To be honest as well, I thought Patterson had a bit of a stinker. I would have taken him off and stuck Garner right back instead of taking Garner off. That's on, right? Yeah. Uh, it's it's a it's a funny one, isn't it? Because he kept <clears throat> on the one one hand saying Garner's wasted sort of playing out wide right, but then I'd happily play him at right back, which seems like a bigger waste, but it isn't because I think he's more suited to that position. Um I yeah, I just I didn't think it was quite right. The balance wasn't there. Obviously missing um White McNeil weren't he? That that would have been a wobie over there, mm. I guess. Um, with uh, Dwight McNeil on the left, which adds you know adds a much better balance. Yeah, I um, just just on that, sorry to interrupt. I think when um, McNeil gets back in there, him and Ashley Young on that left hand side, I, I think that's that's really profitable for us. I reckon because I don't think Ashley Young did anything wrong really, apart from ironically when they scored, he was involved in that, wasn't he? When they were coming down their right hand side, but I, I think you've got McNeil in there. There's competition between him and him and Awobi, if that's what Dice sees it like, because Awobi started in front of Ashley Young. But yeah, I, I think you're spot on there that with with him getting back in there, that'll be a massive boost for us on that side. Yeah. Just just quickly one thing as well on the Defilar goal that Pete uh, mentioned. Um I saw a lot of people saying it was handball by Tarkovsky, but that's not the rule anymore. The accidental handball that went out um season before last. As far as I know, so even though even though it looked like it may have hit his hand once the keeper had dropped it, that mm-hmm. accidental handball thing doesn't count now. Where you know, remember yeah. like that one season where it was like if it brushed your arm mm-hmm. and it was completely accidental, and then your team scored, it was disallowed. That's not the rule anymore. No, so that goal still should have stood. Do you know what Some... the most disgusting thing about that as well was what happened with Wolves the other night? Oh, oh that was appalling, wasn't it? But that that that. But that, that sticks it up a lot more in your mind, doesn't it? What happened there? We didn't score a goal when Keane taps it in. That yeah. that should have been a goal. And and to to put it further into the mire, you've got Mike Dean saying the exact same thing. Mike, you're agreeing with Mike Dean. How bad is that, hmm. by the way? <laughs> Un, unforgivable. <laughs> well, the thing is, though, this is exactly what VAR was brought in to do. Yeah, shocking. And yeah. that one doesn't even get referred. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's pathetic. Sorry, yeah, it really is. No, it's all right. I mean, no doubt that'll be a consistent thing we talk about this season is when all that shit happens to us, and <laughs> inevitably it will happen to us, stuff like that, won't it? Um, just on that midfield with you, Pete. The, the I'm just looking at the way it was set up because I didn't necessarily think this was always the case here, given given with the core essentially supposed to be playing as a ten. I, I I didn't think he was as effective as he could have been if he was even slightly a bit deeper and then charging forward when we had the ball. Um, on the break and whatnot. I don't think he's a player you can put in as a 10 where you're just sort of playing it into him and then playing off him. I don't think he's that that well, that's certainly not his best sort of attribute that he's got. But then, you know, when you look at it, it's an essential back, essentially four man midfield that we started with. Garner right side, just a gay, Onana and Awobi. I'm not sure there's many who would have gone with that. And by that, I mean a flat back four, because normally you'd have it's just a gay. Then a three midfield, or even you know, you'd, you'd have the core there anyway, and maybe Garner or maybe a Wolby who you put as a 10 behind Mope or whoever we've got in front. 
Yeah, I, th- I thought in particular with the core, one of the things that he does offer when he's slightly further forward, it's not necessarily when we're in possession, it's when we're out of possession. Mm. Because 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 where you want him to be pressing, especially with a team like Fulham, who, who play the ball out short from the back, to Corey, if you if you if you saw him again, Neil Morpay, I, I actually thought did a decent job with this as well. Our press was spot on for for ninety nine percent of the game in terms of in terms of nullifying uh, Fulham's ability to be able to play it out from the back. So I think that's why he, he went with Decore slightly slightly further forward. The problem with Decore going slightly further forward, um, I, we we saw when he had that one on one chance. I I always feel with Decore that he's is he's at his best when he doesn't have time to think. When he does things on instinct, like we saw against Bournemouth in the last game of last season, he can he can smash one smash one in from the edge of the box. We saw it against Brighton with two first time finishes. Then that's when he's at his best. When he's at his worst for me is when he's got time to think. Um, because he's not he's not the most gifted of footballers in terms of being in possession of a football. He doesn't have a great passing range. His decision making can, as I say, he can he can trip over himself in terms of his decision making sometimes. So I think, you know, in terms of what we were trying to do, it wasn't necessarily just about what we did in possession. It was what we did out of possession. Um, to have the court, um, it will be on that left as well with Ashley Young. Again, one thing that it will be did do well for Young for, for, for a large part of the game was that it, it, he gave the freedom for Young to get forward down down our left-hand side mm. to overlap because it will be actually very good at one, he's very good in tight situations to play the one-two with, but also he's very good at tracking back and, and being able to sort of help help his man out. So when Ashley Young was going beyond him, it will be at the intelligence to stick him behind. And I think that's what he was hoping for with um with James Garner as well, to allow Patterson to to get to get forward. Um unfortunately that like you know that was part of how they scored as well was that the player was left left free on the back post when the ball came came across and um and James Garner was a was a couple of yards behind them but um I think in general the midfield one of the things for me I'm gonna do for me I thought the first half he played two balls out one one in particular where he actually absolutely pings it out to the left hand side and it's an absolute beauty and it was I was right on line with it as well Diagonal pass pinged it along the ground, um, put his laces right through it, and it was an absolute world class, you know, ball. But it's too few and far between for me that we see those moments from. I know he's only young, and I know he'll, I've no doubt, you know, he'll improve and he'll start to stamp stamp his authority on games. But I'm really hoping that if he does stay, I know he's been linked with a move away this week. I'm really hoping that this season he can, he can you know, he can improve in that area and start really stamping his authority. A bit like the way that, you know, it's probably a lazy comparison, but Marouane Fellaini took a while to get going at Everton. Um, you know, with his size, we expected him to dominate midfield and it really took him quite a, a long time to to show those types of performances. I think Amadou Onana has got everything in his locker to potentially do that, but we do need to see him step up. This is why I'm, I'm kind of torn when it comes to, you know, he's been linked with a move away. On one hand, you think, well, if it's good money, is it a good time to to, to get some money in and get some reinforcements in? Can we reinvest that money? But on the flip side, he's a potential £100 million player in my eyes. Um, although we haven't necessarily seen that full potential yet, I do think that there is a player in there. Um, and I hope that he, he he sort of becomes that player while he's still playing for us. But yeah, one another thing, you know, on the midfield, um, that was slightly frustrating is that I think Fulham kind of got onto us towards, you know, in the second half and we found it harder and harder to get our midfielders onto the ball and get our midfielders in possession to be able to try and dictate play. And that's the type of game that I think the James Garner 
when he long term when he when he does settle back into that central centre of midfield, I feel that 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 is probably where we'll see the best of him because he is a player who constantly wants the ball. He's got a great passing range, and I think that that is where the position where we'll see the best out of James Garner. On um, Onana, but that many Arnas at the end, haven't you? <laughs> um, on Onana, Les, there, there's been plenty of talk about him um, being linked. Well, he has been linked with um, a lot of other clubs. The fee is something that has got everybody talking about that, you know, if we're going to sell him, he needs to go for a certain amount of money that each person has a difference in and what they think he's worth. Um, the other the other thing that is is worrying with that is that we owe Leo twenty percent of whatever he does go with, isn't it? I think that's right. Um, what would you what would you think? Well, firstly, I think what do you think of him in general and and his time at Everton? Um, and I'll I'll start with mine actually, and this will be controversial because I I I've not seen the hype, um, or I don't see the hype that people have seen in that lad. I've seen it in. In, in in a really small amount of games. I've seen him in games that he's not... I've not looked at him in an Everton game and thought he's man of the match in. And I know mm. that that's difficult to say and it's difficult to criticise on him given the age that he's at. Um, Attribute-wise, absolutely, he's got everything. And, and like Pete says, says there, he's, he's likely to go on and be a player and probably, sadly, won't be for us um, when, when he hits his peak or unless we do a miracle and end up in um, ninth or something. <laughs> That that he's the he's the player that you you know that he looks like he potentially is going to be. Um, if someone hypothetically, if somebody come along and said, "We'll give you sixty million for him," which allegedly is what Manchester United are looking at, at paying for him if they want him, would you would you accept that? What's that less out than there's what's twenty percent off there? Twelve, you're just getting over forty odd percent for it, forty odd million for him. Then, what what do you think of him and what do you think about getting rid of him? I think, yeah, I think it's all the, the potential he's got, isn't it? Because as you said, the attributes are all there. I mean, I think we've already seen it very fleetingly. I can only think mm. of one occasion where he looked like a box-to-box, where he'd get the ball and he'd be up the pitch in about three strides. You know, and that, that sort of player, if you can get them doing that consistently, it is priceless because it gives you that other out ball, doesn't it? If the long ball isn't on, give it to him. He'll be up the pitch in no time. Um, so I think, I think it's all potential with me, but, you know... We're not in a position to um, just like wait for someone to fulfil the potential. I think I think and that's also, what you're saying there. We're, we're in we're in that um, situation where we're not we're not in a position to get rid of them, given the midfielders we've got as an alternative. We're well, not in a position to get rid of them, given uh, we're not we're, we're in a position to get rid of them. We have to, given the amount of money that we need. That's the other side of it, isn't it? I think yeah. it's too late now. I think that even if we got eighty million for them, because you know if I was Everton and United were serious. You'd have to be pushing the price up, given yeah. what Chelsea have done in the transfer market. You know, I know it. I know it doesn't quite work like that. But if prices are getting inflated all over the shop, you know, Liverpool are getting rid of midfielders they wouldn't have been able to get off the books in normal circumstances and getting 30, 40 million for them. I think sixty million for him is a bit of an insult, isn't it? Um, so, it, but the, the worry for me is even if we've got 80, 100 million for him now, it'd be too late. I, I I couldn't see that money getting reinvested, and um, and certainly not reinvested wisely, because yeah. I don't know it. It just we just don't work like that, do we? Not um, in the next what fifteen days we've got. Exactly, yeah. You know, you, you feel it had come like a little bit of a surprise to the club to be caught flat footed, thinking, "Oh Christ, what we're we gonna do? 
Well, that, well you, you, know, would, that, you frankly wouldn't trust them if it was given the, when the window no, opens, would you? <laughs> you know, that, that's making the massive assumption that that money would go back into the team anyway. So, it's, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think you'd be better off keeping them, in all honesty, just because the money either wouldn't get used at all or would not get used well. Um, and I think he's more valuable to us than, you know, 100 million sitting in the bank till January. Yeah, I think I think that's spot on because, like I said, it's a, it's twofold, isn't it? That you can't you can't trust Everton to spend any amount of money that we get for any any player that's been sold. Um, no, and and I don't know if that's a obviously it's a, it's a shame that that's the case. But then, you know, if that wasn't the case that they actually could do that, then you've got a proper dilemma, haven't you? But right right now, you've got you've got to keep a player there who's obviously he's gonna he's gonna start every game in midfield because we don't really have much of an alternative to go in there. And um, we mentioned um, Dan Juma, we, we mentioned him a couple of times in this. Does he come back in and, and start? Uh, does he come in and start against Aston Villa, do you think? Or is this going to be, you know, you, we, we can't we can't even think about going into there after the pitch. Given given the squad that they've got, and I think a lot of us, uh, you know, we, we would, when we did the um, the predictions for this season, I put them in as a top four side. I think I think Aston Villa are going to do brilliantly this season. Um, hard to say that now. They've just been battered five one by Newcastle. But <laughs> when when you look at this going into Villa away, first of all, I think most of us here right would absolutely take a point now if it was offered to you. The way we we line this up is going to be the um, the difficult thing I think for for Dice here, Pete, because it doesn't look like well certainly Calvert Lewin's not going to be fit. Um, the only well, aside from the kids we got in, in Dublin and whatnot, the only player we're gonna put up there would you you would think would be Mope again. Um you do that, you're automatically struggling to get up with struggling to go goals, aren't you? So going there, I, I can only see us playing a lot deeper, certainly a lot deeper than we did against Fulham. And then you you're trusting on um well the the ten, the, the nine players behind Mope. Uh, to win the ball and get up the pitch and, and help him out. Do you think it's the time that you put Dan Juma into the team? It's a tough one, isn't it? Because you, you'd you'd think that. Or would you start him up front? Do you know? Could you? Because he's got that that attribute. He's he's that versatile. He could start up front. Would you? Would you just even think about doing that? I personally, if he's not hundred percent fit, I wouldn't. I wouldn't start him um, because I think that he can make an impact coming off the bench. Certainly until he gets himself to full fitness. Um, one thing I would say, you know, going back to sort of the options that we've got there, obviously, Neil Morpai for me, and this is going to be controversial, I'll probably get all kinds for this, but Neil Morpai on another day should, well, should have, could have had, three, had a hat-trick on, on Saturday. Um, I look at Neil Morpai and just think, surely at some point, one of these has got to go in. Surely at some point, even if he falls over and it goes in off his ass, it's got to go in at some point. Um I felt for the lad on Saturday. I really did because I felt that he got himself in really good positions. Again, you know, he's, he he just looks like a rabbit in the headlights. Anytime he gets a chance, it's it's you can tell that the weight of the world is on his shoulders, and he's and he just looks so so nervous. And maybe he just needs that little bit of luck, a little bit of a deflected goal, something to go his way. Um, and it might just kick kick him on a little bit. Um, but I I I don't think that we'll see um mad changes. I think he'll probably go with the same starting eleven. Just because of fitness, I think Dan Juma. If you start him, um, the game's going to be. You know, I think Dice will go into the into it with the game plan of keeping it tight and trying to hit them on the break. 
do you really, you know, do you want to waste that sort of opportunity early on in the game? Whereas when Villa are getting a bit tired and Villa and the game's a bit more stretched later on, Dan Hume is probably in a prime position then to be able to exploit that. Um, certainly if, you know, if, if we can keep it tight, Villa will get more and more desperate to try and get that winner for the home crowd. So it'll create more pockets of space to hit them on the counter. Uh, mm. I, I just, I just think that I think he'll go for, well, say tried and tested. I think he'll go with the same eleven. Myself, um, might be wrong, obviously, but I just, I just have a feeling that we'll go for the same eleven, and then hopefully bring Dan Juma on mm. uh, to try and try and finish the job. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's a big, it's a big loss for Aston Villa with with Tyrone Mings, but they've got a lot of very good attacking options as well. Villa, they shouldn't be underestimated in any way, shape, or form. That that opening game defeat against Newcastle uh, doesn't change anything. It's one of the sides they're competing with, isn't it? To, to get yeah. In. I don't know, you probably are saying top four because that's exactly what Newcastle did last season, isn't it? Um, yeah. Les, we've only got a few minutes left here. Um, your thoughts on there, what, what Pete was saying, uh, team-wise? Because just before you do that, I, I want to just do a, a small little chat on the, obviously, Jack Harrison, who we've signed, but also a link with um, Notto, aren't we, from, from Leeds as well. But just give us a quick thought on what Pete said there. Um, yeah, I think Pete's right. I think he will go with the, the same lineup, and we'll all feel a little bit flat about it. I, I've got the same sympathy with Mowbray, to be honest. I don't, you know, he had he had a few good chances, as Pete said. He got into the positions, but I don't think he's missed with, by uh, any stretch of the worst. Um, I think Patterson should have buried us, you know, to hit, hit the bar from there. Take yeah. Something. Um, yeah, it, it's frustrating, but I think I think what he does relatively well is he does the link-up play before he gets in the box. I think he, he, he does some decent link-up play with the wide players. You just need someone in the box to get on the end of it because it's not it. Um, That's an excellent way of putting it. Um, j- just a quick one then. Um, Les first got Jack Harrison, which we sort of mentioned at the start. I think that's uh, for once from the club. It's a it's a really clever uh, loan that we've got in there with an option to buy at the end of it. I think that's that's something what normal football clubs do when you've got a player like that. Um, and and he, from what I've ever seen of him and what we've heard from him as well, with the great piece that Matt's done with Phil Hay. Um, that you want to get a listen of, um, if you haven't already, this this sounds like a player that's that's going to boost us a hell of a lot. Yeah, he does. As as I said earlier, he sounds like the sort of player that we'll all definitely get behind because he'll he'll work hard and he's got an end product. Um, I think his his stats were put up against like I think our player stats for the last three seasons or something, or it might have been last season, but Richarlison was still in there or something like that. Anyway, but he was head and shoulders above all of our yeah. players. Chances, and chances created, shots on goal, everything. So, yeah, I think he'll be, he will be a really good player for us. Yeah. Uh, on a, a good deal there. Despite all the messing about on Sunday afternoon, uh, it sounded <laughs> like reality was never, it was never in doubt by the sound yeah. of it. Come to us. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, really looking forward to seeing him. On the Ganonto one, is he, I, I don't really know much about him. Is he any good? I know he started well last year, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's, I, I think he's um, he's he's light and quick. Um, he, he's one of those players that has immense balance every time he's on the ball. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. you, you see a player, if they're sprinting in one direction, like they, you've got to take a couple more steps to go back on the other side of it. He's that type who's really intelligent with his feet and, and gets back yeah. into a position. He's really, really quick as well. Be interesting to see what position we played him in if we, if we were to get him. But um, quick beat your take on, on Jack. Yeah, Harrison Jack, made like up. he's our best mate already. Jack, ah, <laughs> uh, Jack, yeah. No, I'm, I'm absolutely made up, made up with him. Um, I think he's ju- exactly the type of player we should be going after. 
someone who's young, someone who obviously is hungry to, to carry on developing and, and proving himself. We've got him on loan with the option to buy, which gives us a season to assess whether it's worth taking that option up. I think we you know, probably will, as long as he gets, you know, gets fit and firing. Um, I think it's a, a, a cracking signing. Um, Nonto as well, another player with the, with the types of uh, types of characteristics that we need in terms of his pace and in terms of you know he's he's such an attacking threat. He's very direct. Um, I do I remember when when we you know play, when we played against him at Goodison, I thought he was one of their standout performers. Nonto, um, that game where Coleman scored from God knows where, you know that really tight angle. Um, I thought that Nonto was probably their best player on that day. So yeah, I'm I'm really really looking forward to to seeing what. What else we can pull out the bag from now till the end of the week, end of the window? Well, Harrison certainly for me, absolutely, yeah, that's a top sign, and I'm really happy with him. Spot on. We'll leave it there, lads. Um, it's the first week, like I said, after the start of the season. Matt's done some fantastic work today on um, Jack Harrison, and he's done the transfer pod with Mike Green all as well. So there's loads of stuff to listen to there, and on Patreon, I'll be doing the subs weekly. Tomorrow, uh, that's Thursday night to anyone who's listened to uh, listen to this beyond Wednesday night. But as always, uh, great to talk to Les, great to talk to Pete. And yet the season's fallen back and uh, we'll be talking all the time, most days of every single week. Do stick with us and up the toffees. Sports Social Podcast Network.